All right, all right, all right. High school, how are we feeling this evening? I, I have a problem with that video because I feel like I watch it and I'm like, oh, spring. And then I walk outside and I'm like, oh, death. It's just so cold right now. I'm ready for some warm weather. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter five. Look at this bougie new table they got right here. It's so light. I feel so strong. Like, wow. But my problem is I feel like I'm going to tip it over with how much I move up here. So this is going to be a test. Um, If you got your Bibles, Matthew chapter five. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, my name is Tim Shepard. I'm happy that you're here this evening. Welcome to New Life's youth group. We are in a series on the book of Matthew, the first gospel in the New Testament. If you're new to church and you go, what is a gospel? This is an account of the life of a man named Jesus, who we as believers believe to be the son of God. Um, And if you're here last week, we went ahead and opened up in Matthew chapter three and Matthew chapter four, we looked at Jesus's baptism and then him going right into the wilderness to fast for 40 days and 40 nights and to be tempted by the devil. And what we talked about last week at its core is Matthew opening up this gospel, letting us know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning that there is a God who is over all things in the universe who wants relationship with you and with me. In order for him to have relationship with you and with me, we have to see that we have the need for him. And the need is a big, big deal. And we're going to build off that same premise this week. But tonight, the God statement or the the kind of basis of what we're getting after in God's character and nature tonight is these two simple words, and that is Jesus blesses. Everyone say, Jesus blesses. We're going to see what this means here this evening. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, we're going to start out in verse 1. We're going to rock through 11 verses. If you don't have your Bible, follow with me on the screen. Matthew 5, verse 1, it says this, seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord to which all God's people said, thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we love you. We welcome your presence here this evening. Lord, I pray um, in your own way, in your own personal way. Lord, I pray that you would make myself aware of you this evening. 
I pray that you would make my friends here aware of you this evening, that you would show us yourself. You'd show us what you meant when you said these words. Lord, there are so many different stories and there are so many different needs. and There's so many different things that have been brought into this room this evening that's carried by each person here. And so, Father, I pray that whatever we have brought in here this evening, that you would take it and you would use it for your glory and for our good, no matter what it is. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and you would speak, that you would teach us, that we would decrease and that you would increase here this evening. So Father, have your way. Would your kingdom come and would your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven? If you can agree with that this evening, can you say amen? Mm. Amen. The fundamental question that has baffled scholars, theologians, philosophers, Christians, sinners, saints, atheists, agnostics, any sort of human being from the beginning of time to now is this, what is the good life? What is the good life? What does it look like? What does it look like to live your life well? If a Christian were to ask this question, we might say it like this. Who is it that God blesses? Who is it that God blesses? Who who is it that the Lord has his hand upon? Who is it that the Lord sees and the Lord just generously gives to? If culture was answering this question, it might not be too hard for us to answer this question, right? We can look around us, we can open up social media feeds, we can do whatever, and we could say, blessed are the rich, the successful, the fit, the beautiful, the attractive, the powerful, the bold, the healthy, the satisfied, the fortunate, the assertive, the popular, the elite, the married, the dating, if you're in high school. If you're married in high school, that's weird. If you're in high school, those, if you're a senior right now, those who are getting full ride scholarships, those who are going to the college of their choice, those whose mom and dad buy them a car. I'm not trying to rebuke that. That's a cool thing. Take me out for a ride sometime, right? Those who have the boyfriend of their dreams, the girlfriend of their dreams, those who don't have to work, those whose mom and dad give them an allowance. You are very blessed and highly favored, right? Like it's not hard for us to go, okay, like we look around at the world around us and this is how culture defines blessing. We turn on the TV and we see celebrities living like this good life, going out on yachts and getting the front row seat at NBA games and and doing all these wonderful things and all they have to do is sing on a stage and they're millionaires. That looks like the good life. But the problem with that is if those things represent the blessed life or the good life, then the question we have to ask is, well, then what is life if I have none of those things? 
What, do, what is life if I have the opposite of those things? And the way culture might answer that is you're cursed, right? You've done something wrong. You've, I don't know, it's like you walked under a ladder instead of around a ladder. I don't know what the weird things are these days, right? We have to ask those questions. So here's what happens when all of a sudden we don't have those things that represent blessing, we begin to respond. And we might respond in one or three or four ways. The first way we might respond is we might just go ahead and head our lives down on a road of destruction, right? I don't have the things that I would want to have. I'm looking around and I have no money. I have no relationships. I'm depressed. I'm alone. And so what am I going to look to to give me some form of comfort? I'm going to look to any form of vice to give me comfort. And so I go ahead and I just set down my life on a path of destruction. And I go ahead and I embrace things that are hurtful and not helpful to my life. Or if that's not the method that we choose, we might enter into like kind of a method of deconstruction, right? We begin to question everything. Well, if I'm not enjoying the things that I see as blessing, then maybe God doesn't exist. Or I'm experiencing pain, suffering, disease, brokenness in relationship, depression, anxiety, loneliness. And if I'm experiencing those things instead of health, wealth, and prosperity, then maybe if there is a God, he just doesn't care about me. And so we start to kind of deconstruct what reality might be. And then we, again, start looking for things that might help fill the void or Another thing we might do is we fake it till we make it, right? Well, I don't have these blessings. I don't have what I would define as the good life or at least the majority of things that I would define as the good life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hide all of the disgusting things in my life and I'm gonna try to present an image of the good life to the world. And I'm gonna fake it till I make it. Just hope that maybe one day life will get better. Or we can change our theology and redefine what does blessing actual mean. If blessing is not simply health, wealth, or prosperity, or all of the things that we would hope to have, what is it? In light of this question, this question that has faced humanity and thinkers and every human being on every religious spectrum, Jesus opens with his most iconic sermon in all of scripture with these words. We call them the Beatitudes. It's Latin for blessing or happy, but happy is kind of like a diluted word these days. So we say blessing. And in fact, what he does here is he opens up this sermon with saying, I wanna show you and I wanna tell you on whom has the Lord declared his favor. I want to show you on whom the Lord is radically and generously blessing. I want to show you on whom the Lord has his eyes, on whom the Lord is pursuing. And in classic Jesus fashion, he takes all of our idea of what blessing would look like and he turns it on his head. And he gives us kind of an anti 
definition. But what's unique about these eight Beatitudes, now there's, there's, there's nine, but they, they say that the nine is, is kind of like a, uh, an extension of number eight. In these nine Beatitudes, Jesus declares a premise for the promise and a promise. Or in other words, he says, okay, here is the condition in which I will give this promise. And of these eight, okay, the first promise and the last promise that he gives is a present tense promise. Can we put this up on the screen? The the first and the eight is for theirs is, can we put this up? Is, capital I-S, I want you to pay attention to this. It's present tense. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What Jesus is wanting to establish here is that blessing takes place within the parameters of God's kingdom. And this is why Matthew over and over and over again in this gospel says this language, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God has come to establish a new way, a new truth, a new life in and of himself. This is what the kingdom looks like. It's a present tense, which means that we actually, the people that he's about to stay, have the ability to experience blessing here and now. But if you look at the second through seventh blessing, it's all future tense. It's all future tense. For they shall be comforted. Can we put the next screen? For they shall inherit the earth. For they shall be satisfied. For they shall receive mercy. For they shall see God. For they shall be called sons of God. This is what is to come for the people on whom God has established his favor. This is what is to come for the people in whom God has his hand upon. And this is what this tells us, is that here in the now, we're actually not fully experiencing what full blessing might look like. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize this because every single person in this room in one way, shape, or form has experienced pain, has experienced brokenness. Or another way to say it is you've experienced the world as not the way God intends it to be. We experience the world and its brokenness. We turn on the TV, we see its brokenness. We open up our phones, we see its brokenness. We hang out with our families, we see its brokenness. Like all of those things, we go, okay, something is not right here. But what this tells us is that the message of the kingdom is good news. What it's telling us is that, hey, One day, every tear is gonna be wiped away from our eyes. One day, there's going to be what scripture calls a new heaven and a new earth. And all things will be made right. And death, hell, and the grave, it has no power. It has no presence for those whom God has established his Favor. And so if we set up the context right now, what we have is Jesus sitting down and he has his disciples gather around him, those who have made the decision to follow him. And he begins 
to speak this sermon. And as he's speaking this sermon, the crowds begin to come around and they begin to listen what he is saying. And so the question would be, if you are somebody who's walking in on Jesus speaking to his followers and you're hearing him say, this is what it means to be blessed in the kingdom, that one day you're going to be comforted. One day the kingdom of God is going to be yours. One day you will inherit the earth. One day you are gonna be fully satisfied. One day you shall receive mercy. One day you shall see God. One day you shall be called sons and daughters of God. The question you'd be asking is, how do I get in on that? What do I gotta do in order for that to be me? And so before we receive the promises, we have to look at the premise for the promises. What are the conditions by which Jesus said, if you are this, then these are the things that you will receive. First is, blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit. If you look at Luke's gospel, when he gives a rendition of Jesus' sermon here, he just said, blessed are the poor. And what Jesus is talking about here is not just the financially poor or the economically poor, but he's talking about the physically and the spiritually poor. Those who are disadvantaged. Those who don't have everything that they need to function on a day-by-day basis. Those who have been robbed. Those who are in a place of utter depravity and they realize it. Blessed are those people Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the people, like the hand of God, the favor of God is upon those who have experienced loss, have suffered tragedy, and who know injustice. Those who have been abused, neglected, forgotten. Those who have walked through great suffering those who have felt great sorrow, the kingdom of heaven, the blessing of God himself is on those people. Blessed are the meek. When we talk about meek, today in our language, we think humility. Blessed are those who are humble, but that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, no, no, no. Blessed are those whose power and status have been stripped from them and who are being ruled over. If you think of the context right now, you have an entire nation of Israel completely under the subjection and oppression of Rome right now. And you have all these people gathering to listen to this rabbi. And he's saying, hey, blessed are the people who've had their homelands stripped from them. Blessed are the people who are not able to live their lives the way they want to live their lives. Blessed are the people who are living under an oppressive dictator, who are, who are living under someone who's got a heavy hand on top of them and who don't have the right to live their lives freely. Blessed are those people. The favor of God is on those people, those who've been humiliated, degraded, and lost much. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They hunger and thirst for righteousness because they are acutely aware that righteousness is not something that they have, but they want it. Pay attention to this. Blessed are those who know they don't have the ability to please God in and of themselves. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for a need to be met that they cannot do in and of themselves. Blessed are those who want to know God, who want to be with God, who want to see God, who want to experience God, and yet they know and they realize that everything they do hinders their ability to experience and know those things. Blessed are those who hunger and think about that. The hand and the favor of the Lord is upon those who know they are not righteous, but they hunger and thirst for it. Are you with me? Blessed are those are the merciful. In the ancient world, our understanding of mercy today is kind of beautiful, right? It's like we look at it and it's like, oh my gosh, that's such a special thing. But if you are a listener in the crowd listening to Jesus, you're going, wait a minute, that makes no sense. The favor of God is upon a person it was not custom to, to give anything out, to give any money, to give any resource, to give any shelter, to give any food, to give anything to anyone who doesn't have the ability to pay you back. You with me? It was foolishness. No, no, no. The only way you would give something is if there was some form of advantage for you that it would come back in some form of return. That's why fathers didn't just give their daughters to any man. You had to pay a dowry. You had to find a way to like make yourself worthy of being able to have a daughter in this culture. It was dumbfounding for Jesus to say, blessed are those who actually are going to give without expecting anything in return. Blessed are those who are willing to lay down their life, to welcome the foreigner, to to give of their wealth and yet expect nothing to come back. Blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart. This one's really interesting. It's it's one yet again when we hear it, we're like, oh, that's a beautiful thing. Someone who's pure in heart, someone who's innocent. Someone, someone who who just they just they seem to have it together. Like they're it's they're good. You look at them and you go, they're good, but it's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, no, blessed is are the ones who are religiously and ethically and spiritually, genetically unclean. He's saying, blessed are the ones who, who don't have the ability to come into the assembly of the people of God. If you read uh, the book of John, no, I actually don't remember what gospel to, the woman with the issue of blood, Victor, book of John. <laughs> one of the gospels you read you read you read the the miracle of the woman with the issue of blood and what we have is a woman who's who's had this issue for 12 years and what she is declared by the law of Moses is unclean she can't come near she can't touch anybody she's cast out of society she's cast out of her own home she doesn't have the ability to come worship in the synagogue because she is unclean and what we have in this moment is her seeing because she heard that this guy has the ability to do miracles she presses through the crowds being completely unclean she longs to be made whole by this man named Jesus. What Jesus is saying here is, blessed are those people that despite the fact they know they are unclean, they still want me. He says, blessed, 
blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who still want to see me and yet they're not welcome to see me. Because you know what? Those people one day, they're not just gonna be in a synagogue. They're gonna see myself. They're gonna see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Again, something we see is like, oh, peace, peacemakers are are good people, right? Like they're, they're, they're people who don't want conflict. I don't know what he's saying. Is he, he's, he's saying, blessed are those who are willing to stand up and stand between people in conflict. Blessed are those who are willing to stand up and love extravagantly both a Democrat and a Republican. Blessed are those who are willing to stand up and take care of anybody who walks through their doors, both both the people who are in their neighborhood and, 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 and a part of their people and both the foreigner. Blessed are those who are willing to give up their livelihood, who are willing to give up what's best for their family for the sake of bringing peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, and blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, that last one. When others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account, blessed are those who suffer for the name and for the glory of Jesus Christ. Blessed are those whom the rest of the world gossips about and slanders. Blessed are those people. I want you to pay attention here. What is Jesus saying? Who is blessed? I want you to look at all of these. The poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted. This can all be summed up was simply this, blessed are those who are in need and are aware they are in need. Are you with me? Blessed are those who are in need and are aware they are in need. So what Jesus is saying here is Jesus is declaring blessing from God over those who lack and who have need. Can we get the worship team to go ahead and come up? If we were to sum these words up culturally yet again, this is what Jesus might say here to us in 2021. He'd say, blessed are the poor and the powerless, the guilty, the ashamed, the weak and the weary, the frail and the fragile, the lost and the lonely. Blessed are the doubting and the wavering, Blessed are the sick and the spent and the helpless and the homeless and the unemployed. Blessed are the inadequate and the inefficient, the uneducated. Blessed are those who have missed out and who have gone without. In other words, blessed is every single person in this room tonight. Upon you, God has declared his favor if we see we have a need. Are you with me? Drew, can you bring down the lights? I want you to bow your heads.
You turn off the screens, Zach. Jesus, sitting down with sinners and tax collectors, and he's sharing a meal with them, and he's laughing, he's fellowshipping. The Pharisees walking by, they look, look upon what's taking place, and they call to Jesus' followers, and they say, look at your rabbi. He's eating with those who are sinners, who are unclean, who do not uphold the law, who are outcasts of society, who are broken, who are weak. Look at him. Jesus looks at these religious leaders and he said, hear me. A physician does not come to heal those who are healthy. A physician comes for the sick. A doctor comes to take care of those who have an ailment. Later in Luke chapter 15, he tells a parable of a shepherd who's got a hundred sheep and one goes off, one goes and gets themselves lost, one goes and isolates themselves, one goes and puts themselves in danger. And he says, that shepherd leaves the 99, why? because his favor is upon the one who is in need. His favor is upon the one who realizes they are lost and they need to be found. Pharisees looking at him, living and doing life with sinners and tax collectors and he looks at them and he goes, let me tell you a parable. If you have two men who walk into the synagogue, one a tax collector, one a religious leader, and you got the religious leader going, oh Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this man, a man who's betrayed his people, a man who's building his wealth on the blood of a nation that's enslaved. I thank you that I'm not as sinful and as broken as this guy. And he says, and you look at the tax collector and he won't even look up to heaven. He's on his knees, beating his chest, crying out, saying, God, I need you. Jesus goes, which of these? Which of these? is blessed. Which of these is going to be grateful? Brothers and sisters, Jesus blesses, but his blessing comes upon those who realize they have a need for him. We cannot separate the kingdom of heaven being at hand apart from our need. And my prayer, my hope for you here this evening is that you will realize and that you will see that if you walked in these doors tonight wrestling with depression, if you walked in these doors tonight wrestling with, with anxiety or any form of mental health, if you walked in this door tonight wrestling with relationships, if you walked into this door tonight wrestling with doubt, if you walked into this door tonight having any form of addiction, if you walked into this door tonight wrestling 
wrestling with any form of fear, if you walked into this door tonight with any form of ailment, with any form of sickness, with any form of disease, if you walked into this door tonight and your family is going through the ringer and your parents are at each other's throats and you can't stand what is happening at home, if you walked into this door tonight and you're hurting, you're in good company. Why? Because every single one of those things proves that you are a person in need and Jesus delights in blessing people who are in need. You walked in tonight with shame. You have a need. And Jesus delights in blessing people who have a need. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. God has made public and has made clear that he desires a personal and intimate relationship with you, with the person who has a need. How is he going to have relationship with you? Is he's going to meet that need in the person of Jesus Christ? Your shame, he's gonna meet that need and give you freedom in the person of Jesus Christ. Your sorrow, he's going to meet that need. And one day, it might not be today, and it might not be tomorrow, and it might not be any day for the rest of your life here on earth, but one day, he's gonna take that sorrow and he's gonna turn it into joy. That's what our God does is he takes dead things and he makes them alive. He takes broken things and he makes them whole. He takes the lonely and he puts them into family. That's what our God does. So this is what I want to invite you into. I want, I want to invite you into acknowledging you have a need here this evening. You might be very aware of what it is. And you might not be. And if I've learned anything from following Jesus over the last 20 plus years of my life, it's this, that those who grow in their personal walk with God grow in their awareness for their need for him every day. So what I want to welcome you into this evening is confessing to the Lord that you have a need. And instead of going down a path of destruction, and instead of going down a path of deconstruction, instead of going down a path of faking it till you make it, I want to invite you to bring it to the foot of the cross. I want to invite you to give it to the Lord. And you know what you receive in its place? Blessing. The favor of the Lord. The delight of the Lord. You find the grace of the Lord. The mercy of the Lord. So we're going to take a couple minutes here and I just want you to have a moment with your Heavenly Fathers. The team plays over you. We'll go back into a moment of 
of worship here, you're welcome to find a place that gives you a heart and a posture to receive. So Heavenly Father, we welcome your presence here this evening. Father, we welcome your ability to show us that we have a need. Lord, I thank you that you have made it so that those who are in need, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They are the ones who get to have personal, intimate relationship with you. And so, Father, we welcome that here this evening. Holy Spirit, come. Do only what you can do. Let's worship, friends.